Hello, and welcome to Local Legends. I'm Chi, outdoor fitness coach, and I am your host. Local Legends is a conversation with passionate cyclists who impact riding in Southern California, and specifically, San Diego. Here comes my next local legend. Happy one year anniversary of Local Legends. It's been quite the year starting with the first six Local Legends guests on Instagram Live with Victor Sheldon on episode one, and now evolving into this podcast. During the last year, I've had the pleasure of meeting amazing cyclists and learning more from these people who ride our local roads and trails. Each podcast has left a seed of wisdom and inspiration into my own riding and life. Thank you for listening, and it is my hope you have been inspired and have enjoyed the stories as well. I'm excited for the second year, and my list of local legends continues to grow, which is influenced by the local legends guests themselves and by your recommendations. Also, I hope to have some guests from Big Bear, Orange County, and LA join the fun. And I've had two mic check episodes, and we'll continue these different kinds of conversations as well. It's a joy to share local legends with you. Now, back to our next local legend. Welcome to episode 21, where we sit down with Sean Bascom and Sarah Demiri with Sprock Kids. Just to give you a little backstory, back in May of this year, I sat down with Jim Bradford, a jump skills coach in episode 16. That was the first time I learned about Sean. I had heard about Sprock Kids, but I didn't know much about it. And then I felt like I saw Sprock Kids all over town. Talk about someone changing how we ride in San Diego. Sprock Hoods was the epitome of what Local Legends is all about. When I spoke to Sean and Sarah prior to this conversation, I could feel the energy and passion immediately. They have soul. They are smart and well-spoken and know how to line up home runs to get this program in action and their influence throughout San Diego. Listeners, this conversation flowed and time flew. I love their stories of riding when they were young, coming back from injuries, how Sprog Kids organically happened, and how it bloomed in 2020 and continues to grow. Even if you don't have young kids, their approach to getting kids on bikes, teaching skills, their leadership, and growing the community one kid at a time is very noble and inspiring. Enjoy my next local legend. So just to put the dots together, Jim Bradford introduced me to you mm -hmm. um, when I interviewed him about a couple months ago. So spoke very highly of you and Sprockets, and that's how he got involved. So, and this is the first time I've interviewed two people. So this is really exciting. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So let's work. We'll, we'll do this, see how this goes. So I like to, I like to kind of start by how you guys each found your bikes, because I think that kind of sets the stage and the tone. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to learn more about you, Sean and Sarah, how you guys got to where you're getting are today with Sprock Kids. And um, I've heard nothing but excellent stuff about Sprock Kids, even from Susie Murphy the other day. So that's nice. a lot. Um, Susie's great. Yeah. So Sean, I, let me just start with you. Who are you? How did yeah. you get started with biking? Yeah. Great question. Uh, so as a kid, you know, most kids found, found a bike, uh, probably like eight or nine. Um, at 13, I got my first proper mountain bike. It was a purple Schwinn. Sweet. <laughs> Hard fork. I don't even think forks were, they definitely weren't a thing on kids' bikes. And I think they were just becoming a thing on like normal mountain bikes, right? This is what, early, mid 90s. Mm -hmm. 
I rode that bike everywhere for years, like digging and you know the trail, like the hills behind our house. Like that's all we did in the summer. In San Diego. I grew up in Ventura. Okay, cool. Yeah, Moore Park specifically. Got it. Uh, not a lot of people know Moore Park, but so I grew up there, had a tight group of just friends, and that's what we did. We dug jumps, whatever, raced each other down hills, like timed each other, <laughs> and <laughs> rode bikes. It's transportation, and then and then fun, uh, and I could just continue that kind of through high school. Mm -hmm. um, and the bike became like it was one thing where it was like transportation, but looking back. I think it was more like a more meaningful, healthy outlet for me as a kid. Um, joined the Navy when I was 19. Okay. So kind of stepped away from mountain biking in my 20s and stepped back in uh, pretty heavily again at about 30. Mm -hmm. That was so a little over 10 years ago. And I've been riding, you know, at least twice a week ever since. Uh, now I've kind of found... I gravitate more towards the uh, downhill, yeah, go fast, do sketchy things crowd. <laughs> Personally, we don't do that with the kids, but uh, um, and so now I see it as I don't know. I have a little more nuanced view than maybe when I was a kid. Of uh, I kind of call it like my own personal form of meditation. Um, like if, when you're going at speed down a trail, right? You're not thinking about anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's, that's such like, uh, I feel it's a great just mental component for, for me personally. I think a lot of people probably too. And then the fitness aspect and then the community aspect, Yeah. like mountain biking community and culture is, um, you know, it, it's something else, right? Surfing kind of has the same vibe. Team sports have it a little different, but I don't know. Uh, all three of those things have just kept me attracted to the bike. It's pretty, I'm super grateful that, you know, yeah. I've got opportunities to do these things. And what bike do you have now? It's not purple. Or maybe. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, I have a few. So um, I have a giant uh, Fathom that I trained on with the kids. Uh, I have a Revel Rail, uh, 27 and a half. It's kind of like my long travel bike. I have a Chromag Stylus a Hardtail. Uh, and I take that out with my kids sometimes, mm -hmm. right? For doing more mellow stuff. And then a uh, transition PBJ dirt jumper for the pump track and dirt jumps. Uh, whenever. I don't know. I don't hit the dirt jumps as much. I had an injury not too long ago, but for the pump track and stuff. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And do you go to Summit and all those places and hit the downhill? Do you race yes. downhill? Uh, I was racing before I got injured, the local enduro series. Mm -hmm. And now that my daughter's old enough and she has a big enough bike, I'm going to introduce her to that probably this season. Like Vail Lake Enduro yeah. Series? Cool. Yeah. So just local, like low-key, fun, like get out with yeah. friends and, and race. And it's fun to put on that competitive hat, right? Yeah. So I'm going to check that out again this year. Um, so, yeah. it's. Uh, what was your injury? I uh, dislocated my C1 uh, dirt jumping, unfortunately. And um, is that like something that affects you still? Just a side yeah, note. I know just, this, I don't uh, know too like down. range of motion. Yeah. 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 Does so it cause pain? They had to fuse C1 and C2. Yeah. So I have some uh, anodized purple titanium hardware in there. Nice. <laughs> I like the purple theme. <laughs> yeah, no, just titanium <laughs> hardware. But uh, uh, I have loss of range of motion, which is kind of a bummer. But yeah. two years, no, what are we at now? A year out from surgery and stuff. Um, really this summer, back to the bike park to your question. 
we're at Summit a couple weeks ago, so I'm kind of feeling back to form, but a little more wise to like, how far do I want to push it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's gnarly. All right, Sarah, the bike. Yeah. Tell so me about that. I'm a San Diego kid, grew up here. Nice. Uh, same kind of thing as Sean. When I was little, I had bikes right around the neighborhood. As I got older, I started more getting interested in like team sports. I was a pretty competitive soccer player, okay. played field hockey. Um, and then also that something that was really big in my life when I was younger is skiing and snowboarding. So when it was time for college, I wanted to go to a place that had snow <laughs> and that took me to Colorado. Yeah. Um, and so the biking was kind of absent in my high school years. And then when I went to college, I had a job off campus and I was commuting via my rollerblades, which <laughs> didn't work out very well. Um, a girl in my dorm had this mountain bike that just sat outside of our dorm and I asked her if I could borrow it. So I started riding that. Uh, a friend got me to like check out the triathlon team, which I also oh. had no idea what triathlon was. So I ended up joining that in college and started racing triathlon or I don't know if I was racing, I was participating in triathlon. Uh, then I found uh, mountain biking and Xterra, so started doing that, and the mountain biking really took off for me. I just love being in the woods and being able to see all the beauty that Colorado had, and I just started riding a ton. Ended up staying in Colorado for about 10 years, lived in some mountain towns, and so I spent my winters uh, snowboarding and awesome. doing snow sports, and then my summers trail running and riding, and that kind of just set the trajectory for me to where I am today in terms of my passion for riding and the outdoors. Yeah. And now, what kind of bikes do you have? Um, so I also have a few. Uh, my favorite bike uh, I, I probably will ever have is a fully rigid single speed what? that's made by a builder up in um, Napa. It's a retro tech. So it looks like a beach cruiser and it's like the, the most fun bike ever. <laughs> so for a long time, I just rode single speed. Uh, and then probably six years ago, I started getting gears again, which was fun and suspension. So I have a Focus Spine, which is kind of a enduro cross country bike. Oh, so nice. minimal travel and that thing's super fun to ride. And then I ride gravel. So I have a gravel bike and a, a road bike and then townies and all the other things that are necessary when you love bicycles, a bike for every occasion. Right. <laughs> so when people yeah. look in my garage and aren't cyclists and, and are asking, why do you have all these things? It's like, well, they all have a different purpose and they make me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like how Sean alluded to how it helps with like your mindset and like your focus. What does the bike mean for you? Yeah. So, um, I mean, the bike is a lot. I also, it's so interesting with Sean and I connecting. Like, I had a spine surgery last year too. No way. Um, and I'm about a year out of surgery. Uh, so mine was in my lumbar spine. I had herniated discs. And I think that when you go through an injury like that, that takes a person that is used to being very active and capable um, of doing really anything they want to do, it kind of brings you down and, and makes you really think about who you are as a person and, and what makes you what makes you who you are. And so coming out of that injury and coming back into all the activities, um, I find myself where before I would just really put my head down, push myself to my limits and kind of have that mentality of like seeing what I'm capable of. I now am in a space where everything I do physically is, is about, is about how much joy and pleasure it brings me Jeez. who's around me, the community I'm surrounding myself. And so it's, it was a big mind shift for me having coming through that injury and now back and feeling strong and more in tune with my body and kind of determining and deciding how I want to be as a athlete or an active individual for the next part of my life. 
how long did it take for you from the day of surgery to get on a bike? Um, I think I was allowed to ride at five months. So oh. it was a, okay. it was a, a chunk of time. Yeah. Maybe six months. It was a long recovery um, of a lot of, I mean, it was eight weeks of very limited activity. There was a point where I was only allowed to walk up to three miles a day and that was the only activity. And so there was a, it was a very interesting process of um, my body completely changing, um, which is also another kind of thing that you work through as a person that's been very active and just allowing that to happen and not feeling bad and just embracing the change and that there's a lesson to be learned in the process and what I was mm -hmm. going through. Um, but then the first time I got on my bike again, it was so much joy mm -hmm. and it was just riding my, <laughs> my townie around the neighborhood. Yeah. And I was so excited. Like it was like the best day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so you had C1 and where was your injury? The lumbar spine? Yeah. Like at the very bottom? L4, L5, uh, L5S1 disc herniations. And just, was it an injury or was it like over you, like just, you just had back pain and you had to get it fixed? Yeah. I mean, I got out of a car one day and I mean, I've had back pain before and it, it kind of, I just stood up and it felt a little bit different. Um, and that was in April and it just progressed throughout the spring and summer to a point where before my surgery, I was on crutches and, oh. and pain meds and it was got pretty bad. So, yeah. yeah. And then to go read back a little bit with you, Sarah, you said you grew up here. Where did you ride when you were little? I mean, really just in the neighborhood, okay. like on the streets where one, my, my parents weren't into like mountain biking or cycling. And so it was more of like neighborhood rides with my uh, stepbrother and stepsister and like the other kids that lived okay. in the neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. And then tell everybody what you're doing this, this weekend or coming up. Yeah. Like, one year later and now what are you doing? Yeah, that's really crazy. It's like, I'm getting ready to go do the stage race at uh, Rebecca's private Idaho. Yeah. So and that's really fun. So cool. And so the way I know it is like the, they're like four days in a row and each one starts the longest and it goes to the shortest ish other way of. around. Oh, you start short. Yeah. So, so it's like 25, 50, a hundred, hundred and something. No, it's like 45 day one. The whole day is timed day two. The mm -hmm. ride is I think close to 50 miles, but only a seven mile climb is timed. Oh, okay. The 20 miles there and back are kind of just cruising. Cool. Day three is uh, like a fun ride of, I think, 20 miles. And then the last day is the 100 mile, the big one. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's good. That's good. Good background information about both of your experience. Similar and different at the same time. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. How much time you're out there in the community. We can talk more about that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. So let's fast forward. You got kids now. Yes. Sean, you have two, <laughs> two daughters, um, which is how Sprockets kind of emerged from. Yes. That's a good story. So tell us how, well, tell us about Sprockets so that people can kind of understand what that is. Am, yes. I, am I saying it right? Sprockets, yes. Okay. Um, so so I'll go to the founding piece. Yeah, there. yeah. So Sprockets, um, at its most simplest form, we engage kids in mountain biking. And in doing that, we're trying to share some of those, I mean, exactly those same experiences that Sarah and I talked about earlier. So building that community within, um, and as Sarah's come on, she's seen like with our after school program, mine just started in PQ and building that like tight knit, uh, like group peer group, which um, like I know growing up, I had the neighborhood kids that I was around, but what if you were a kid who didn't have that, right? So we kind of create that community amongst the kids and then being 
what we call our coaches a community leader, like I'm the Penasquitos community leader, Rancho Penasquitos, and really developing that um, uh, across the whole like regional area, right? Um, and, and finding those kids who maybe like need that engagement mm -hmm. and making sure that they can come to our program. We have different ways of doing that as a nonprofit, um, scholarship programs and such. It's like, you know, kind of the way I put it is if you want to come ride with us, like we're going to find a way to make cool. sure you can do that. Yeah. So even if they don't have a bike. Uh, we have, we, no, even if they don't have a bike. So we have, uh, REI gave us a super generous donation uh, last year. So we have 10 bikes of various sizes. So cool. And almost every class, at least one of those is out as a loaner. Um, and so expanding on that, part of the next thing we're gonna do is move into um, other communities that uh, don't have that opportunity at all, right? So it could be socioeconomic reasons or otherwise, maybe there's not trail resources. Um, and that's a big next step for us moving into next year that we're like really excited about. Um, Okay, so yeah. how did you find this program? Like, how did you bring it to San Diego? Because <laughs> yeah, what is your title with Sprout Kids? Uh, president and founder. Okay, I guess as the nonprofit. So okay. we have we formalized as a nonprofit two years ago. Why well, don't I start from the beginning? Yeah, and then I'll I'll talk through that. So in 2018, um, my daughter was like six. Mm -hmm. and I took her on a mountain bike ride. She was on a 20 inch at the time, like just down PQ into the waterfall. Mm -hmm. And um, the smile like on her face, <laughs> she was stoked. I was super stoked. <laughs> and so I was like, like any overactive parent, like what can we, well, I got to sign her up for it, right? <laughs> like she already has four other things. We need another one. And um, kind of went down the, you know, internet rabbit hole and nothing, there was not, I was kind of amazed uh, and like annoyed almost like, how does this not exist? You know? Um, so then I went one step further, like, okay, maybe someone is doing it. I can't find it. And then I started reaching out to other, uh, youth mountain biking programs that I could find. Mm -hmm. There was like one in Utah, Colorado, like a couple of them seemed pretty well organized, but they were local, like to that area. Uh, I found, uh, Doug, uh, in Canada. And he is the founder of Sprock Kids. Almost 30 years ago, he's been running a program up there. Okay. And the timing just worked out. Giant was buying it okay. from him right. and wanting to bring it to the States. So he's like, talk to this guy um, down here at Giant's corporate headquarters, which luckily is only a few hours north. Yep. They're like, well, we're doing this training. So I was like, okay, well, this doesn't exist. It needs to exist. And, I, and I'm coaching their softball and stuff. I played baseball as a kid. So like I enjoy coaching and working with the kids. And I was like, how cool would it be if I could provide this to a community that doesn't exist? Uh, also, it's an outlet for like the coaching ring of the kids that I enjoy. And so, uh, I don't, you know, things just come together sometimes, right? Like, uh, and it, it feels like that's definitely, I feel like what happened here. Um, from there, Jim, right, who you mentioned earlier, his kids came through one of my very early after school programs. And they were all stoked. And he's like, this is so rad. How do I do this? So I was like, well, I'll show you. Okay. Like, here's what I did. And that was kind of got the wheels turning to like, okay, uh, this can be more than just like me doing this in, in PQ. We developed a website, uh, really formalized the nonprofit and kind of, I guess, we were professional before, but really started, I don't want to say corporatizing, but like organizing as, as, a, uh, as a program. And then 
we built the wheel and then another friend for the Navy, Mark, opened Escondido. And then, you know, now we're at nine coaches, eight or nine coaches in six locations. In uh, San Diego County. In San Diego County. And we're targeting a few more for next year. And so does Giant support you guys? Or is yes. so they have, if I went to the website, say supported by Giant or do they help you through this whole process? That's a great question. Yes. So the Sprout Kids brand is, uh, is Giant's brand. Okay. And so their approach, which I really appreciate was we went to the training, like they put us up, uh, wow. gave us three days of training, you know, meals, everything, like no cost. And then they just hand, they handed us all these resources, which were like incredible. And I've used and still use many of them. And there are just like, go do something cool, really. There was cool. no, wow. no real strings attached. And so I feel like we've kind of thrived in that. Um, since then, we are now, I believe, the biggest, most active program. Um, they do also support uh, Trips for Kids. Yeah. They use the Sprock Kids curriculum, even though their branding is Trips for Kids. Um, they also support um, some other, like, just smaller local. They may not be named Sprock Kids, but they're giants providing that support. Cool. And it's rad because they don't really expect anything in return. Last year, they gave us, or this year, they committed $25,000 to helping us continue to build out, which is incredible. Um, so yeah, they've been amazing. Yeah. Um, when you were saying, talking about the training, does every coach go through a three-day training or just you because you started the pro started it? Good question. Um, so that same time as we were really getting our feet under us, COVID hit. Oh. And yes. so, so we were like, we had plans. It was like, okay, giant stopped the in-person training stuff. Like a lot of things stopped. Uh -huh. And so we kind of another spoke in the wheel, like, okay, we need to develop, we need kind of need to develop our own standard as oh. far as what we're going to expect for our coaches. And then, so, so now like the quality control part of it, cause we are clinic oriented. And we have like experience oriented things which we want to expand on. But as if you go to say a clinic with me, or you go to one with Nick and Carlsbad or Carmen and Chula Vista, if it's say a fundamentals one, it's you all going to be the same. It should be very much the same. Yeah. Like the coach's style and stuff might be different, but the key, the key words, what's being taught, sure. uh, the kid, if they're doing it twice, it should feel familiar. And so that standards through BICP. Yep. And then our coach standard for just our ride leads is their ride guide um, for uh, skills coaching is uh, level one. Yeah. And then I've uh, I got my level three recently, and so I've kind of leveraging all that developed our own curriculum within the BICP framework. Yep. And then curtailed our events um, kind of within that. So if you've been through BICP, you could pick up like our syllabus, even if you're not familiar with Sprock Kids and be able to teach it. Yeah. Um, what, tough lot. what do the kids look like? Like what ages are they like, you have to be at least preschool age or do you get four year olds or do you get 12 year third? I mean, how old are, do they get? Yeah. We tend to get like inquiries from like five to yeah. like 12, um, for just see again, cause we are like more clinic, like teaching oriented. Yeah. Um, and especially for the trail rides, uh, that's generally going to be eight years old, maybe seven, but that's kind of like on a, let us know and we'll see. Cause there's some seven years olds out there that we've allowed in and they're comfortable, but from like a safety yeah. and this group cohesion, being able to 
keep things moving. It's generally eight and a 24 inch wheel for like our after school program and our trail rides. Um, we do have an event called Tread Fest, yeah. which you have to check out. It's, yeah. It's so fun. I think you just had one over the weekend or you had something. We had, we had the after school program. Yeah. Yeah. I think you may have seen that if you're looking at like social media. Yeah. Uh, no, Shred Fest is we get like 200 people out and then we set up stations. We got a pump track um, through Susie and San Diego Mountain Biking Association that Cliff donated a couple years ago. So we have a trailer with this huge pump track we come set up. Uh, all our teeter totters and um, limbo bike. We have all these bike games that the kids love. So it's really called Shred Fest because it's there's not a lot of teaching. It's like let's just go have it's a party on bikes, really. Yeah. And so that's all ages. That's that's so cool. Tell me like a story about like how your kids show up, like a brand new kid. Like what is what is it experience that they would like? Yeah. Do they do you get tears or do you get people? Uh, everybody's in a, like how does it look? It's uh, <laughs> that's a good question. A parent probably like. I know my kid cried. <laughs> How do yeah. you riding or what with sports? No, with riding. Like, oh. I mean, obviously they want it. the kid probably wants to be there, but what does it look like typically? Like yes. after school. I mean, that's. I mean, I'll just relate it to like the after school program we just started Friday, and that's kind of a, a typical group. You have like one or it's eight kids, right? Okay. So one or two are like pretty competent riders. One or two need a little more help, and then kind of everyone in the middle. And you have the kids that are like just tread aggressive like, like like look at me like there's that there's kind of the it's usually the boys right the like ego showboating stuff which is cool uh and then there's also like the more nervous i'm not sure if i can do this and so i've learned um like how to just engage all those personality types and by the end like everyone's doing the same like kind of structure within what we're teaching. But if it's like an advanced kid, I might like on a teeter totter, I might have them like slow down and give them like another input, like a timing or a coordination input to keep them engaged on the same obstacle. So we can take kids of varying like skill levels mm-hmm. um, or maturity levels or whatever it is, like confidence levels and um, engage them with the same stuff. And it's, it's awesome to see, and you probably saw on Friday, mm-hmm. Sarah, like some of the kids, like the teeter totters, intimidating. Like there's plenty of adults that are intimidated by it, but you put them in that peer group and they have, you know, there's maybe a little competition. And then maybe it's also like they're seeing their peer do the same thing. So that instills confidence. And then how we progress them up to that. By the end of the first day, after an hour and a half, they're all doing the teeter totter and excited and confident to do it. And then you'll see like more so as the program continues to progress. Uh, like that translates off the bike too. Oh, and yeah. I get comments from parents that are, uh, that are pretty cool, like meaningful as a coach to like be teaching them on the bike and making that impact. But it, it continues like when they sit the bike down, which is. And, and you mean their personality, like their confidence in themselves. Is that yes. what you're referring to? Yeah. And their ability to trust themselves or, or try something they've never tried before yes. knowing that they can learn. Yeah, it's kind of like grit, I think is the proper term. And some kids like aren't exposed to that or, you know, like I gently push kids uh, never past like what they're comfortable with and never past what I'm comfortable with that they can do safely. Mm -hmm. And um, they all we've had success in pretty much all kids like taking that input and then trying it. And we do it in a safe like they feel safe doing it. And then, yes, they get up like 
you accomplish something like that on a bike or otherwise, like that's just going to give you confidence in general. Yeah. And so we see that often. Yeah. I mean, it works for adults too, but yeah. like we just said, <laughs> and so Sarah, your role is executive director. Mm -hmm. Yes. So tying in what Sean's mentioned about all the kids um, and what they're doing at after school. And I wanted to ask you more about that, but where is your focus with the group? This is a new position. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually liked how you, I knew a little bit about your history, where you came from. I think that's really cool to kind of tie in this. So mm -hmm. where were you at before you got this position? Sure. Um, so I've been with Sprott Kids, I think now a little bit over a month. Yeah. It's been awesome. <laughs> like the best kind of chaos in the most positive way, right? Like that's the way I can describe it. Um, I started off my like, I guess, expected path in life where I was working in sports medicine as an athletic trainer. I went to grad school for exercise physiology and nutrition and was going down kind of this healthcare practitioner route. Uh, and then pivoted and I ended up in orthopedic medical device and I worked in product management and marketing, always still kind of the how I rationalized it for myself was that if I wasn't directly working with a person, helping them be healthier or well, I was developing, designing and bringing products to market that were helping people okay. do various things. Right. And yeah. so, but I was in that space for 11, 12 years, um, COVID hit. So I'm like, I'm very much like many people where I had this moment of life and this processing of what am I doing? Am I happy? Cause I had kind of been bouncing around jobs a little bit and I'm a, I like succeeding and I like doing well and I was just having a hard time focusing. And so, um, some other stuff happened in life and I made a decision to step out of that corporate space and uh, I took the time for myself to really think about what I wanted and what I wanted to do was, <clears throat> excuse me, um, move into the nonprofit sector. I wanted to be involved with um, either youth or underserved populations and help bridge the gap and create equity in terms of access to the outdoor space. God, that's like perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, really. And so I, I like told myself that and there was some self doubt because, you know, I was like, is this even possible? And so I started exploring and I kind of always had that as the, the grounding part of this is what I really want to be doing. And then in April of this year, um, I saw the job posting for Sprout Kids. And I had also this idea that all of this, the skills and knowledge that I developed in the corporate space and program management and marketing could be very effective and help for positive change in the nonprofit sector. And so when the job came up as an executive director, I was like, yeah, that's it. Um, and I, so cool. you know, reached out to Sean because I think the job had been posted for a little bit and asking if they're still accepting applications. And it was like, yeah, yes, it was yeah. kind of I remember just... when yours came in, I was like, ah, I was so excited. I was like, <laughs> Here she this is. looks like it fits. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, it has like the last month's been. Sean actually awesome. forwarded it and accidentally cc'd me on an email <laughs> that was like what i like I it was like i like this one too and i like i called my mom i was like mom guess what just happened <laughs> yeah i think you're like did you mean to cc me like oh no but uh, that's good go. that's so that's the best kind of cc it was great i was like hopefully i mean it was very positive and so yeah i mean i think that i and to because i was talking to other organizations that weren't necessarily based in san diego 
Um, but to be able to now be involved in the community that I grew up in, right. to That's... know that Sprott Kids and and where Sean envisions the organization moving is to, you always say, get more kids on bikes. And that means like every corner of San Diego County and to find spaces with trails and, and bring kids out and offer the programs that Sprott Kids have developed because we know and everybody that cycles in, in any kind of discipline of cycling understands what that community means, what it feels like to be on a bicycle, the freedom, the places it takes you and the confidence that it can build. And that's what I want to bring to every, like all the young people that want to try. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so, so now that you are in this position, you got the job and kudos to you for being brave enough to end a career and move into some space and manifest it in, in how you did. So that's, really brave and super cool. Yeah, it feels um, That's a good story. And it, <laughs> I think that says a lot about you. Um, what was, Sean, you were saying that at the time there were so many things going on. The success of Sprock has during COVID still evolved. Yes. Even yeah. though things, the schools and all that, like. It looked different. Um, it definitely was a, I think like all businesses during that time, everyone figured out mm -hmm. what their pivot was. Uh, for us, it was, we, there was kind of a breathing point, right? From what, March to like June, where nothing really happened. Mm -hmm. Governments were figuring things out. Thankfully, San Diego um, uh, realized like outdoor space was important. And even the state, one of the first, like, um, I guess, restrictions that came off was youth sports. That's right. So we had to go through the San Diego's um, safe reopening plan. You may remember seeing those like on the doors of businesses, but that was months before businesses were allowed to open. So we did it with like masks and, you know, and hand sanitizer and there's rules, you know, take temperatures. Um, but parents too, <laughs> like uh, if you have kids, like you had been cooped up with your kids for like two, like, three months. Take them. Yeah. Like get these kids out of here. <laughs> And so the ball sports didn't really open up as fast. And we, as soon as we were allowed to, we started putting programs back on the schedule. I was working in the background, like training. Um, Jim had already stood up, but Mark and a couple others, like just keeping the ball moving forward. And then as soon as we could, we just put programs back on the calendar. And those were, parents were like super excited to get into that. Um, there was also opportunities with, county funding for like um, COVID grants and stuff like that, which um, that helped us get our website up. It helped us really like, kind of our first kind of seed funding to uh, start developing and iterate on things that were still resources that we're still using to operate. And yeah, so some, some businesses close yours. I don't want to say it's your business because it's a nonprofit. So it's, it's, yeah, it's run like a business, but our, our motive isn't financial. Like we need resources, right? Like uh, to operate, but our motive is like public good, right? And that's engaging these kids. Yeah. And so that's always priority number one. And so, and then, so Sarah, where what is your main like? A, like I know this sounds like an interview, but it's not. I mean, I guess it's an interview, but I'm not trying to like you know, trying to get <laughs> yeah. you for a job. But where's your main focus and what's Sean's main focus? Is Sean, are you working mostly with the coaches and then Sarah's working more on the behind the scenes to get donations? Like, how does it look? I guess you guys are figuring that out. I mean, kind we're of, figuring yeah, it out. Totally. I think that for me, having been in the role, I think five weeks now, it's been a lot of just like typical onboarding of 
you know, these are the platforms we yeah. use and, and these are some of the partners that we interact with. Um, the immediate need when I first came in was submitting for some, grant, some grants, grants that had deadlines absolutely. that were yep. upcoming. So I spent the first couple of weeks just working on grants and getting those submitted. Um, once we had those settled, now we're working on more of the like strategic vision for where we're going to be the next few years, um, developing a more robust marketing strategy and putting that in place and trying to create some efficiencies within Sprout Kids so that we can then start thinking about how we're going to grow and expand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like you guys are going to grow so, so fast. There's a lot of opportunity. For Lots it, of opportunity. Definitely. And we've been to this point, I've been fairly just methodical about trying to do that smartly. And, um, there was a certain just bandwidth, uh, cause the organization up until Sarah came on was all volunteer ran and I was spending a lot. It kind of, my bandwidth was just soaked up. I work in commercial real estate, like full time during the day. Oh, Yes. Oh, this isn't your full-time job. <laughs> no, no. No. No, this is just a passion project yeah. that like got Ooh. got out of control, I guess. <laughs> uh, so Sarah coming on has been a blessing. Um, and to your question, we are still figuring it out. She has a lot of knowledge and tools and um, like just resources that I'm not familiar with. You know, I'm very familiar with like marketing and business and stuff, but at the level and experience she has has been has been amazing. And then just efficiencies. A lot of it was just kind of up here in my head and I had these ideas and, uh, and it was kind of just like a massive download. I'm just like, sir, this is a, okay. Okay. Let's put that over here. And, um, we're still working through that, but it's been even in just five weeks, I think we've found a lot more. We're tightening things up for sure. sure. And direction and strategy is like starting to come to light. And then we have a board of directors too. Oh gee. Oh yeah. Which Susie's part of, which Susie's part <laughs> of, and she's been an incredible resource. So, um, you know, I think as a team, Sarah and I boil a lot of these things down cool. to a base level and then, um, kind of go to the board, continue to refine and develop those mm -hmm. ideas or strategies or whatever, and then work on implementing together. So like to your question, I definitely, I'd say, I am more focused on like the coaches and the training side. And I have a strong background of that, like from the Navy mm -hmm. um, and keeping those kind of, I don't want to say standards, but making sure that's going well. Mm -hmm. And Sarah has definitely taken a lot more of the operational stuff, which has been and making that more efficient. Right. right. Uh, so yeah, it's, I'm really excited for kind of where we were. And then now this is a massive springboard with Sarah coming on. And I think eventually we'll, we have, we're talking about other staffing, like community outreach and different things Ooh. we can do to continue to kind of grow. Yeah, grow. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you a little bit more about your coaches and then more about the children. You mentioned community and how that looks. But um, so I know Nick Buck. I know because we both live in San Alejo Hills. And oh, nice. He's known in the community as an exceptional rider. So when oh, I saw. Nick's, yeah, he's insane. I chase him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. And then there's another fellow that you have that's like a pro downhiller that's on there and I didn't recognize a few other people. So yes. what is the process? Are they volunteers or do they get paid to be coaches? So great yeah, great question. So uh, John Simek is the okay. other guy you're talking about. He races like pump track and stuff, crank works and that bit. Yeah. So he's come on as like our advanced jumping kind of guy. Okay. Um, cool. The process, um, up and until now, it's just been attraction. So like, how do we find these coaches? Yeah. They've just been attracted to us, right? So like Jim's kids came through. How do I do this? Mark, one of my buddies from the Navy, same. Stephanie, who leads Mission Valley, same. Another, she's still active duty, right? And also runs her program Mission Valley, which is really cool. 
uh, Nick was similar, like through Susie. And so once they have kind of, I don't know, we find them, see if it's kind of the right fit, right? Are they passionate about biking, right? Are they passionate about working with kids? Uh, and like, is that the right fit? You know what I mean? Because that's not, some people might think so, and they, I have them come out and kind of see, right? Uh, so is that, is that fit? Um, uh, and then like, are they doing those things for the right reasons? And then are they willing to kind of step out and get some qualifications to show that they're going to take some initiative? And that's usually getting either their ride guide or their BICP one. And so if they check like kind of the low hanging fruit boxes, I guess, and it's like, all right, well, Hey, go out and get this. And then we can like consider you as a coach. Okay. That's like our standard. And so, so some don't, some do, um, the ones that have them will usually like volunteer early on show up at events and just kind of get familiar and start a relationship with your organization. Uh, from that point, it's like six to 12 months later, uh, realistically till, you know, they'll come through an after school program with me. So we have, uh, we have a gentleman coming right now through me that'll hopefully start Claremont next year. Nice. Yeah. So they get through that pipeline. I don't know from the time you first meet them to like, till they're running their own event by themselves is like 12 plus or minus months. Um, and so now looking ahead, we're, we're trying to be a little more intentional with some of the communities that, and our strategy going into, um, like city Heights is a community we're targeting. And, uh, my sphere is generally like within the gravity crowd or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Navy friends or whatever. And so reaching outside of that and mm -hmm. finding different coaches and trying to pull them in, uh, that's something we're figure trying to figure out kind of how we reach out to those coaches. So like this, this is something this is like great. this, yeah. like if you're interested in coming on with Sprockids, uh, definitely reach out to us. We have something on our, we have on the top right of our website, SprockidsSD.com. Yeah. There's a, uh, like job openings. What does it say? I don't know. There's a link you can click okay. to a Google form and that's kind of the first place I send people. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like a very like informal kind of phone conversation. Yeah. And then it develops from there. And then um, when you have your kids, you said after school, and I've seen after school programs, and they're all, you start them at the actual school? And then what if they don't have a trail nearby? Or what if there's yes. a lot of Good cars? Question. Like, how does it look? Right. <laughs> Just yeah. curious. Those are all questions that early on I worked through. Okay. And so uh, I did first look at schools, and you can rent the fields at schools. Oh. But the after school program is a, it's an eight, I call it eight weeks, but it's an eight meeting class, right? Oh, okay, Sometimes cool. it's twice a week. It's up to the coach. Okay. I run mine Fridays over the course of eight weeks. And so uh, the first four meetings are just skills-based in a controlled environment, like a grass, flat grass field. Perfect. That's yeah. the teeter-totters, that's braking, shifting, uh, cornering, bike body position. Uh, we go through a lot of just fundamental skills. And then we take those for the second four weeks of the program or four meetings um, out onto the trail. And then we're actually practicing like, and you'll see when we do the PQ one, uh, like there's just like a little rut kind of like, I don't know, small little water, uh, Creek. And so it's like, okay, here's an opportunity to do a front wheel lift. And so we'll like session little things like, remember we learned that let's try it on the trail climbing and otherwise. So no, uh, the logistics of doing it at the school became challenging because the parents got to bring the bike and drop it off. And so there's too many hurdles. So, we do it at a park um, and we, we we have good relationships with the county and the city. And so we'll get a park permitted for 
our event. And then uh, it's usually nearby a trail system. So okay. I'm spoiled in PQ. I have a whole canyon. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of parks and stuff that we can work out of. We're currently working out of the ranch house, uh, yep. the county site there. Um, uh, like Nick, you know, he's exploring where he wants to work out of. And for him, it may be, I think he's, he's going to meet in San Alejo Hills at a park. And then for the second four weeks, they may travel to different locations. Okay. It depends on, you want to engage the kids, give them challenge and make sure it's a good trail. So we've just been flexible on that. Mission Valley does that too. We meet in San Carlos within the second four weeks is at Mission Trails. Okay. And so you need to coordinate bikes in people. The parents, yeah. So the parents just, hey, this week you're going to drop off here. Okay. And they got to bring the bike, right? Is and it an hour, hour and a half? The the after school program total is 16 hours across eight weeks. The first four weeks are an hour and a half. Okay. The good. second four weeks are like plus or minus two hours. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> what happens like when somebody gets scared or fall? I mean, it's going to happen. Happens. Yeah, it happens. And you just. Check one, one, one thing at a time and see how they do. Yeah, no, pick them up, brush them off. I mean, there's always the fear, tears. Uh, if we need to administer first aid, we do yeah. that. Um, it's after the first four weeks, you know who your riders are. So you may get that like shreddy, aggressive kid, but like their skills aren't ready for this feature. I mean, it's not like we ever put them on like any, we never put them up to a feature that's well right. past their skill level. Right. Um, sometimes it's like a small roller or different things we're going to show them. And so we're just more cognizant of either just not doing it. If it's like most of the kids can't do this, I'll change my routes because every group is a little different or just making sure it's well spotted, right? Yeah. Demoing it appropriately. So we haven't had in four years as many classes as I've ran, we've had you know bumps and bruises and scrapes, yeah. but never, never a major injury. Yeah. So. Um, and then I, I know this is still fresh and new in San Diego. Do the kids eventually go from Spark Kids? The idea is that they go to NICA or what happens when they do they graduate from your program and where they do. do they go? Or, like what they, they do in like, the after school program. We have a whole we have like a certificate of awesome. Oh, that's so cool. OK, yeah. Tell <laughs> me about that. That's great. it's just their graduation certificate. So we call it a certificate of awesome. And it has like their graduation of the program You know, sign it. So the last meeting, we cut the ride a little short and we do a, you know, a little thing for the kids. Like, congrats. Now you're like mountain bikers, you're Sprock kids. Susie, uh, we had a cool idea to give them a sending a mountain biking association membership card. Oh, that's So they get cool. that at graduation too. A little patch. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they do graduate from that. On the fundamentals clinics, those are, your fundamentals one is a one day, three hour thing. So it's like less formal in that regard. Okay. Although it covers very similar material. Um, and then at coming out of that, uh, we have developed cause we do as we're like novice plus or minus program, right? Mm -hmm. So we're developing, um, how to stay engaged with the advanced kids who maybe don't want to race, yep. but enjoy the peer group and a lot of the benefits we talked about. So we do adventure clinics. We'll go to Bale Lake. We'll go to Laguna. We're going to Laguna next month. We're going in September. Um, we've gone to sky park. And that's again small group like eight kids okay to keep those kids engaged uh we do have a relationship with victor uh, from okay. quick and dirty so we'll go out there um we see like some of the sprock kids kids out there and then uh, uh for socal league uh if that's like kind of where the kid wants to go we'll definitely kind of refer over to them which it depends on the kid 
Yeah, right. that's so awesome that you have a certificate of awesome. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> um, and you kind of mentioned and alluded to, and Sarah, I don't know if you wanted to, you know, add on to anything what Sean just said with the kids and stuff. Feel free to jump in. Yeah, I think that I mean Sean started talking about it towards the end. Is that we, the the benefit of Sprockets? What we offer is that novice training and those skills. And um, honestly, like I'll go out to, when I was out there watching the other day on Friday, I was never taught how to ride my mountain bike. I just started doing it. And then you learn like terms and and things like that. And it's, it's beneficial for everyone, but also I think really great for youth because then um, I brought my stepson out with me and we were riding after, and I was able to cue him as we were on the trail. Like remember Sean talked about this and we're going to downhill and like positioning. So it's important for the novice riders, but also riders that have been riding for a yeah. while. And then the fact that we have our adventure clinics and like trail rides programs and engaging youth that maybe don't want to participate in competitive sports or right. aren't ready for it, right. but enjoy the community. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's also very beneficial because ultimately it gets kids outside. It gets them connected with peer groups. It might them get them connected with peers that they don't interact with on a daily basis. And that's also very positive, especially when we talk about moving into different communities in San Diego, having our larger events like Shredfest, where we have large amounts of individuals coming together, sharing a common bond and, and, and something that they enjoy, and also interacting with people that they don't necessarily always interact with. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's very positive as well. And what what Sprott Kids is bringing in, what we'll grow into, is being able to bring the broader community of mountain biking in San Diego County together. 100%. Yeah, super well said. Yeah, part of our like mission statement is no kid on the sidelines, right? So that doesn't, that could be skill, that could be socioeconomic, right? Any number of things. So uh, um, through what Sarah said, like making sure we have from the beginner to the more advanced kid, um, make sure we have the resources for them to basically benefit from the programs we offer. That's so, so cool. And you say novice, but I don't know, teeter-totter is not very, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you get a lot of adults on I, I tell you what, I give you like a half hour worth of like uh, teaching points and you'd be super confident. Like, oh, okay, if I do this, it's actually not that hard. No, they have a teeter-totter. Where do they have that? I don't want to say down. Sky down, Park? But, uh, yeah, no, but there's another popular trail that there's one of those. I think it's um, the one in Noble. There's like a teeter trail. Okay. So it's anyway. That's <laughs> that's super cool that you you have that. I'm sure that the kids probably enjoy seeing parents struggle on their mountain bike. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes the kid like becomes the teacher, and that's another aspect we haven't touched on. But is like if, if the kid has the resource, they have the bike maybe they have the trail opportunity close by, but like mom or dad don't ride. Like that's another barrier for that, for that kid. I was going to, yep. If they're not old enough to like, you know, go out on their own. Right. Um, so we do, uh, we do run and not as often as something we want to do more like mom or dad clinics. Um, (laughs) the fundamentals clinic is both uh, parents and kids. So we'll get parents that sign up. And so you can, and that's something cool too. Unlike most traditional like ball sports, because the parent can come out, enjoy a sport with like with their kid. Yep. Like they're doing the That's same so cool. exact, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, teeter totter or whatever, like with their kid um, and learning at the same time. So it's uh, that bond is also, I think, a value uh, and, and a goal of ours to make sure that parents are being engaged too when they want to be, right? Some kids, some parents just want to show up, drop their kid off, fine. Like, That's great. But if they want to come out and experience that, uh, we offer that through most of our programs mm-hmm. too. 
Yeah. And let's say there's like a 10 year old listening to this. I know there's some kids that listen to this podcast but, <laughs> and they want to do it, but their parents work and they're like, I don't even know. Could, do they ever, do you ever have kids just reach out to you? Like, I really want to do this, but I don't know how. Uh, we have, no, it's always no, the parent. parent. Okay. Yeah. But they're welcome to, and if there's a way we can figure out to get them into the program, then, uh, we want to do that. Transportation is an interesting one. Yeah. That's a huge challenge. Mm -hmm. um, going into some of these communities that don't have a lot of trail resources. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we have to, you know, kind of, it's not like basketball or soccer where there's generally going to be a park nearby and the barrier to entry is like a ball, which isn't super high. Like you need equipment and then you need the resource of the trail. And so those are challenges we're talking through now. That's like the first thing it's like, okay, this park makes sense. It's in an area that we want to engage with and is there a trail resource nearby? Mm -hmm. um, so those are all, yeah, those are all considerations that we're trying to like just get better at. Yeah. Make sure that kid isn't on the sideline because of one of those reasons, right? And I, I think an interesting thing about San Diego and one of the cool parts of living here are that there are kind of these random patches of trails right. in neighborhoods that you would never expect yeah. or that you don't know about and you just have to seek it out. I mean, we found a really cool one down in the City Heights area that um, yeah. has trail, it has like grass fields, there's a little lake you ride around. And so it may not be your typical mountain bike trail system, but for how, what Sprott Kids does and how we introduce youth to the sport of mountain biking, it's perfect. And it's right. kind of the, the opening and, and creating of a, an access point and working with what we have and potentially developing past that. And that's mm -hmm. also important that uh, we talk about a lot when we start our programs it might not be what we're used to in terms of riding in pq canyon or, or some of the other the lagunas it's it's that these trails that are in these communities we can utilize and we can get kids interested in the sport of mountain biking and, and, and connected to these peer groups and and it's it's still tons of fun for them and there's a lot of enjoyment and a lot of positive benefit yeah Absolutely. i agree i agree that there's so many trails i mean now that I ride gravel too, it's like, poof, yeah. you don't even realize that there's different little um, pockets. Mm -hmm. um, I think I, I, we, this is great. This is so interesting. I love hearing about the skills that are taught. Um, I do a lot of skills with my clients on mountain biking and gravel. And so I get like, there's populations that you, you know, like I like working with adults. I get it. Like, I don't know if I could work with kids per se. Like, I don't know if I have the patience for that, but <laughs> I think that's, great that that niche um you mentioned in the beginning about the community that you found when you were mountain biking and, and sarah your community with all the different types of riding and you mentioned a little bit about how you creating community so you have eight kids like in a group do mm -hmm. they become friends do they ride outside and then you mentioned shred fest is that another place where they're getting community or right. do they ride like where do you see how do you see it building yeah, that's a great question. Um, so within the program itself, by the end, like you asked, are they nervous when they show up? And yeah. it's like anything, like you don't know anyone. Yeah. So, you know, it's like normal, like kids. Mm -hmm. By the end, they're all friends, right? Okay. Like they're, you know, competing against each other, like who can be at the front or, you know, jabbing at each other, the boys, like but having fun, right? And so beyond that is something that we've been talking about a lot. And how do we continue that community and that engagement? Uh, with these groups, um, having just consistent events is one thing. And so cool. hiring is kind of a focus. And we've been Got talking it. about um, right now, our 
coaches or community leaders, right? And there's an expectation on that, but having more of a, just a contracted coach to run more events, uh, more okay. trail rides. Um, I think it's about that engagement for us. And so as we grow, just having more opportunities, people to come engage in that. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you mentioned that they are, they didn't know each other before and then they're friends and Oh yeah. I think that's really, I'm sure like within the school as they're in class and stuff, I'm sure that they, they see each other and they're like, totally. And we've I, made, you know, and then it's kind of, you, you do see the parents cause it has to also be at the parent level. So the parents become friends and then they create riding groups. Okay, that's and cool. And so through Sprock Kids, uh, you know, I go do like a ride to ride with my kids, like an informal ride, not a Sprock Kids ride. And you know, there's 15, 20 parents, like, hey, we're gonna go do a kids ride here. And so you kind of build this, uh, you build a network of riders that, like if you wanted to go out and find like-minded parents, or even parents that ride that maybe your kid can go along and ride with, like where would you turn to? It was. And we get those inquiries like through our website a lot. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I don't ride, but my kid loves to ride. Like, do you have any recommendations? It's like, well, you check out our program, or we can give them other God, resources. There you to go. Look at. So, there's, so that's the gap right there. We're, and we're still kind of, you know, figuring out the best way to fill that, but to continue to create, to create those opportunities. Yeah. And a lot you know, of it is learning from those types of inquiries we get with a parent asking and we it's not even intentional that that's something that we can provide that connection uh and so that's part of the the growth of the organization is is learning from the, the individuals that we're interacting with about what makes sense for us to grow what types of programs do individuals want to see and want to participate in and is it more of the the family focused activities is it more of the moms and dads clinics or adult clinics so that they can then ride with their kids right. um there's there's so many possibilities of things and it's it's really fun to see and and hear all the different ways that that we can evolve and grow because That's of cool, the yeah. desire that is is very profound within like the community yeah good point point. and we've talked about like okay surveys like post event surveys what would you like to see us mm -hmm. offer mm -hmm. and so now with like Sarah being on board and um, we have I think we can focus energy to really refine that right and continue down what I think we do well do it better and just do it more do it more yeah yeah. So the so your guys's program mostly revolves around the school year. Uh, it revolves around the light cycle. More <laughs> oh, so. okay. Yeah, because you hit daylight savings and weekday. Yeah. Okay. Weekday rides. Yeah, week weekday rides stop. So our after school programs typically end the first week in November. Right? Oh, okay. Like my my last one is the last week of October. So we have that fall program, and then uh, we don't start our spring programs till whatever it is, late March. And then summer programs depends on the coach, um, but it's more around the light cycle. And then um, early on I ran, like I tried to run a lot of events in like December, January, and like more than half would get rained out. Like the timing was always like, oh, it's dry. And it would rain like the Friday before the event. I think I pushed one event like four times. Um, so winter is definitely just slower, even though we're blessed to be in Southern California. Um, uh, it was, it got frustrating to constantly be canceling events in like December, January. Mm -hmm. So we're, we'll run like maintenance clinics where it's oh, like, you don't need a trail and we're developing, uh, like off the bike, like bike adjacent events to still be engaged during like December and January without having to worry about like weather. 
weather weather yeah. situations. And that's all still developing too. So it is kind of it's not seasonal like a like a you know proper mountain like to get snow would be. But we do have to pivot and adjust a little bit. Yeah. Well, congratulations, guys, on such a cool Thanks. thought through program. Um, checking all the boxes, obviously the safety and the you know training and all that, but just providing such a unique experience for kids especially that don't play the typical sport right yeah and giving them an opportunity and there's so much growth i mean not so much growth but there's so much opportunity for kids as they get older to ride bike whether they compete or, or not for sure yeah no we're super excited for i'm super excited no serious yeah. too for like what the next three to five years looks like and mm -hmm. we've got a lot of exciting stuff planned cool so which one are you most excited for just to uh sarah what, what, what coming up that you're like excited to see come come to light uh i mean i think the the biggest the event that i'm most excited for and looking forward to is is launching into like the city heights um okay. oak park area of san diego um that is a neighborhoods right next to where i live and i'm just super passionate about bringing mountain biking into those neighborhoods and and i know there's a lot of community engagement for outdoor access and, and wanting that and i think that it's going to be uh, different from what Sprott Kids has done before, but in a really cool way. And I think that this new program that we're developing and we're going to we're going to bring out to the new communities is going to be allow us to really start bringing Sprott Kids to more diverse areas in San Diego. Love it. And that's where my passion really exists is that creating that access for for young people. Yeah. Awesome. So, That's great. Yeah. How about you, Sean? What are you what are you excited uh, about? Coming yeah, up? no, I'm going to same that Sarah said we've um, like alluding to our mission, like it's uh, like all kids and uh, up and until we had like more minds on it and time um, uh, and resources, we now have the resources to be able to go out and engage with these communities. So I think it's going to present new challenges, um, kind of some that I touched on with like the resources that are around the areas. And I'm excited to dive into it with Sarah and figure out how, how I like it just harkens back to like, I know what the bike did for me as a kid, mm -hmm. right? Um, like I didn't come from like a super strong, like, you know, family. Right. So it did so much for me and to be able to go into communities where there's you know, kids just don't have that opportunity. I'm super excited to see how that develops and, and work on pushing that forward. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I think that's a, a good place to, to, <laughs> to end this. So thank you guys for, for being my guest today. Yeah. Thanks thank for having you. Us. And um, I look forward to seeing you guys on the trail for sure. Right on. Fun. Yeah. Thank you. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Welcome back. I was so stoked to, to interview both Sarah and Sean, such, such cool people and really great stories. And Sean, Sarah, and all the coaches are doing amazing things. And how about those certificate of awesomes? I mean, like, seriously, that's true stoke. And what a positive experience for the kids. On a side note, learning bike skills is really challenging. If you've learned how to jump, corner, do a gap jump, or successfully cleared a tight switch backs, you know what it takes to overcome an obstacle. And they do this with hundreds of kids. If you have kids or you are a kid and want to learn more, visit their website at sprockkidssd.com and follow them on Instagram. Even though their school programs are coming to a close, they have some fun family events in November and December. Thank you for listening.